0: You're home for the biggest sporting events on the planet, TSN 690. Saturday morning. Welcome to Saturday Sports on TSN 690. I'm Joey Alfieri with Jimmy G. We're with you till 1 o'clock on this beautiful Saturday in Montreal. Uh, we've got a lot to get to on the program. We will be talking to a number of guests. We've got uh, Paul Vance who will break down the uh, Montreal soccer scene with us and CF Montreal. Paul Vance is with mountroyalsoccer.com. Uh, we'll be talking to Erin to, uh, Ambrose. Uh, she's a member of the uh, women's Canadian national team program. We'll talk to her in just a few minutes, about 15 minutes time. we will also be talking to Joshua Clipperton. Uh, He's a national, he's the national NHL writer for the Canadian press. And we'll also be talking to really excited to bring on LA Chargers defensive back, former Montreal Alouette, good Canadian boy, Tavon Campbell. Had a pick six of Joe Flacco this season, started four games for the Chargers, played 14 overall. Uh, he had a really nice season. He just re-signed with L.A. this week, so we thought uh, now was the perfect time to bring him on since it's nice and quiet. It's the offseason, but there's a lot of storylines uh, in and around the NFL that we will get to. We'll talk a little Raptors as well. The Raptors win last night without their head coach and a bunch of, player, uh, well, a bunch of their coaches. Pascal Siakam was out as well. Uh, With the uh, health and safety protocol, they still found a way uh, to beat the Houston Rockets. But I do want to start. It's Montreal Canadiens game day on TSN 690, and that's exactly where I want to start. There's a lot more questions than answers with the Montreal Canadiens right now. The Habs have dropped four games in a row. They're back in action tonight against the Jets. And things certainly don't seem to be too positive heading into that game tonight. Dominic Ducharme and his staff have a lot to fix. Special teams is a mess play with the puck is a problem play without the puck is a problem there's a lot of issues can they dig themselves out of it time will tell but it's a race against time and against the clock right now and they have a young head coach with little NHL experience but the biggest question of all has nothing to do with the special teams it has nothing to do with the coach it has everything to do with goaltender Carey Price can he get back on track tonight they're going with Jake Allen he'll have a chance to end this four game losing streak but if he wins and plays like he has been for most of 2021, do they go back to him on Tuesday night? That's the $10.5 million question, and I'm glad my job doesn't depend on it. As you'd imagine, on social media, on the air all week, um, listened to a bunch of post-game shows this week uh, with Mitch Gallo, Simon Salekis, my Mess- my mentions on twitter have been flooded the text message board at 1169 continues to be flooded carrie price is the topic of conversation even after claude Juliet and kirk muller were fired this week it's all about the canadians goaltender and i realize that that's normal he's your franchise player he's your highest paid player and when things don't go right for him and they're not going right for the team He's going to be a topic of conversation. That's the way this market works. That's the way every market works. The thing that bothers me most is that it seems like you can't be right down the middle. You can't be level-headed when it comes to this argument just because you have people on both sides. You know, carry Price supporters will support no matter what, and carry Price haters will hate no matter what. You can't be right down the middle, and I find that that's where I like to find myself here, and I'll explain to you why. Am I worried about Carey Price? Yes and no. Do I think he's going to bounce back? I do think he's going to bounce back, and I think everything is going to be fine. You remember a couple of years ago when Carey Price went into a funk, uh, the Canadians... The expectations were in the toilet going into the season. It was the first year they had Max Domi, they had traded away Galchenyuk. People were wondering who was going to put the puck in the net. They traded Pacchetti before the season and instead they surprised and they nearly made the playoffs. They came short, they fell short on the final. The season ended on a Saturday in April. They were eliminated on the Friday night with uh, when the Rangers beat Columbus or Columbus beat the Rangers. And Kerry Price had to take some time. He had to work with Stefan Waite, the goalie coach, and he had to get himself back on track, and he did. When he did, he was virtually unbeatable. He made a bunch of starts in a row. The Canadian, he, he was keeping the Canadians in games. They picked up a whole bunch of points because of their goaltender's play. But he went through a funk before he was able to recapture that elite level of play. And in the end, they came close, but they made they missed the playoffs. Like I said, on the final weekend of the season, because they just ran out of time. And that's what the concern is in my mind. It's not about whether or not Kerry Price is going to get it back on the rails, because I think there's no doubt in my mind that he will. I'm not worried about Carey Price's future or whatever. It's a helpless feeling now, because, you know, if you're a Canadians fan, you're watching this and you're saying okay, well, the best player is not being the best player and he hasn't been since the beginning of the year, but at the beginning of the year wasn't hurting you. Now everybody's in a funk and everyone's slumping. And the guy who's supposed to dig you out of that isn't. So am I concerned? Yeah, I'm concerned that they're gonna run out of time, but am I worried that he's ever gonna find his game again? No, I think he's gonna be fine, but it's about getting there quickly and it's about the question i asked off the top if jake allen goes in tonight plays well and wins i think it's easy for me to sit here and say they have to go back to jake allen on tuesday night when they're home against ottawa but the thing is if you're dominic ducharme the way you have to look at it is your future is kind of tied up into carrie price's hands so for the good of the team you want the results now and right now jake allen probably gives you a better chance to win but the issue is that you don't want to upset your franchise goaltender and you don't want to turn him off you want to make sure that whatever the plan to get him on track is whatever you think is best for him he needs to be on board with that and he needs to agree with you so if the best thing is for him to take a couple games off and Stefan Waite comes in, works with him, and they work on you know work on him technically, and they work on him mentally as well because I think that's the biggest problem right now. And as Kerry Price said post game on Thursday night, he's overthinking, and you can tell that that's an issue right now. Whatever the plan as a coaching staff, whatever you put together, you just need to make sure that he's on board with it. You have to keep him. I know people hate hearing this, but sometimes the stars need to be coddled. That's the reality. That's the reality of everyday life. That's the reality of pro sports life. It's just, it's the way things work. So you need to make sure that whatever your plan is, that he's there and he's willing and he thinks it's the best plan as well. So it's something important to look at. It's something important that they need to break down and, for a guy who's coaching his second nhl game and dom ducharme like already you need to get the team back on the rails and you need to you need to get the special teams fixed there's a whole lot you need to do to make sure that you secure a playoff spot eventually but you also have this huge dilemma with your goaltender and Look, I don't know. It's way too early to tell if Dom Ducharme is going to be the guy long-term. Does he survive beyond this year? Does Mark Bergevin? I, I don't know. But there's a lot riding on this. There is a lot riding on this. So the Canadians have some work to do. The game on Thursday, they came out. They played really well. They got a couple of goals from Yoel Armia, who had been slumping since he was back in the lineup. And it, it just it seemed to work. Things were working. Things were good. The goaltender always looked shaky from the start of the game to the end. But you were up by a couple of goals a couple different times. And then in the second period, the Jets turned it on and the Habs had no answer. Now, you had a full day of practice yesterday. The Habs are going to have a morning skate just after 1230 today. Whether or not you have Josh Anderson remains to be seen. But you need to make sure that you come home from this road trip with something. And right now, the Canadians have nothing to show for it. You need two points tonight. You need to end this slide at four games. Because the closer and closer we get to eight, the more the pressure is going to mount. And right now, I'm sure things are tight around the collar for every player in that locker room. But I don't think they need the media to remind them about the two eight-game losing streaks last season. There's enough guys who were here last year that realized that that couldn't happen last year, and it certainly can't happen this year. But the closer and closer you get to eight, I think the more it plays on you mentally. So if they don't have Josh Anderson tonight, they're going to need to dig deep and they're going to need to find it from somebody else. The, the group is going to have to come together and they're going to have to score and play and contribute the way they were at the beginning of the year when they were getting goals and offense from top to bottom. Based on practice yesterday, it looks like Jake Evans is coming back in. And it seems like Corey Perry's coming out. And I believe it was Michael frolic who played a couple games with the Laval Rocket last week. Who didn't really jump out for any I think he was just fine, but it's tough to blame a veteran who hasn't played all season, doesn't even have preseason games under his belt. Uh it's tough to blame him In that scenario. So we'll see if he gets in tonight, and we'll see if he can help on that penalty kill. Because if you're missing one of your top two goal scorers in Josh Anderson, you're gonna need the special teams to be flawless. And there's too many games where the special teams has failed you. And it's it's not even just about the momentum, and it's not even just about you know having the momentum zapped when you're you don't generate anything on a power play or when you give up a couple of you know goals on the penalty kill it's just that it, it, it that when the battle becomes too one-sided and that fr- on that front it, it's just so tough to overcome and you're not getting the saves right now so you think of the first game of the season in Toronto penalty kill sunk you there you think of the game in Toronto last Saturday the penalty kill sunk you there you think Thursday night the penalty kill let you down there the the things that you can control and i think that's why michael frolick might get a look tonight cuz he does kill penalties the things you can control like that i mean if look if the jets score a beautiful goal you know it's it's listen you're going up against a high flying offense that can do damage on the power play we know that and, and they're gonna score power play goals They got some on Thursday night. Now you've got to come back and you've got to close the door. You've got to make life easier on your goaltender, no matter who it is. Carey Price, Jake Allen, doesn't matter. All right? You need to come out with an effort that will validate some of the changes that your coach is making and the changes that your organization has made this week. It's a really big game. Thursday night was really big, but now you're losing streaks at four, and you've you've got to put out that flame. You've got no choice. So I'm I'm really curious to see how the Canadians come out tonight. Again, it's at 10 o'clock on TSN 690. The pregame show with Gallo and Campbell goes just after eight. Uh, we also have its doubleheader. Jimmy G mentioned it in the Sports Center update. Laval Rocket in action against Manitoba. Laval won last night. Uh, they'll get another crack at Manitoba. I think this is the fourth of four games that these two teams are going to play here in this mini series, uh, and that one goes at 3:30. Campbell and JP O'Connor. Uh, we will have the call again, that coverage uh, beginning at 3.30. Coming up next, we get to talk to a member of Canada's women's national hockey team, Erin Ambrose. Willard comes away with the puck for Montreal. Fans on the first clearing attempt, shovels it out front. Mashmeyer had to be aware, and she was with the paddle. The man Hadra tried to pick out Amard. There's the shot right on. Oh, what a beauty! The former Fury Erin Ambrose breaks the shutout as she plays some three-bar, ringing it off the bars and putting it past the goalie. It's 1-0 Montreal on this beautiful goal by Aaron Ambrose. Welcome back. to Saturday Sports on TSN 690. I'm Joey Alfieri with you till 1 o'clock. I'm with Jimmy G. Jimmy G's tagging out at noon uh, and we will bring in uh, Matthew O'Han and he'll join me from noon to 1. We will be talking a little Montreal uh, soccer, uh, CF Montreal with uh, Paul Vance from MountRoyalSoccer.com in about 15 minutes time. But it's a pleasure to welcome to the show Erin Ambrose. She is a uh, Canadian women's national team hockey member and she's won a U18 World Junior Championship gold uh she's won the best defenseman at the u eighteen. she's won a uh, top three player on the team she's had a lot of success everywhere she's gone and she was drafted by toronto as you heard in that clip the furies but we won't hold that against her Aaron hope how you doing
1: i'm doing well thank you how are you joey
0: i'm doing well i'm doing well thanks for jumping on did you grow up a leafs fan
1: uh, i still am a Leafs fan i can't say that i've uh changed over to the blue blanque Rouge.
0: Okay, well, thanks, Aaron. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for jumping. <laughs> but what have you? What have you made the start of the season that Austin Matthews, in particular, has had? I mean, I can't believe Sheldon Keefe came out this week and said he had a wrist injury because he's just been he's been unreal, and the Canadians have found that out the hard way.
1: Uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, crazy to think about how strong of a start he's had. Like I think that you guys, as Habs fans, can appreciate it too. It's kind of insane to to see the the scoring streak that he's been on and. I haven't loved the whole "Kenny gets get 50 talk, because I think that's a little <laughs> bit extreme, but, I mean, it is pretty incredible what he's been doing and Marner's been doing, and um, they're definitely making a run for the best duo right with uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl.
0: Are they legit Stanley Cup contenders in your mind?
1: Uh, that's always a loaded question to a Leaf fan, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I think that they've made the the correct moves and they've made some really big strides to really compete. I, I think it's hard. Like everybody talks about um, just the Canadian division, how it might not be quite as strong, but it's like you get out of it. You only have to play two other, two other teams that you haven't faced. Right. So I think that that's, uh, I think it's a possibility for sure. I think this is uh, the strongest chance they've had to win a cup in, in many, many years.
0: I, li- I like the way you phrase that. You're, you're, keeping the, you're excited, I can tell, but you're keeping yeah. the expectations to a minimum. You don't want to be heartbroken again, and I don't blame you. Uh, she's Erin Ambrose joining us on Saturday Sports on TSN 690. So um, as you'd imagine, I want to get into some of the work you're doing at Concordia, and I know you're, you're very vocal about uh, mental health, and you've promoted that. You've done a good job. I want to talk about that in a little bit too, but uh, just keeping on the hockey theme, um, yep. you've played at, at the highest level and you've won at the highest level, and you understand probably better than the rest of us what it's like uh, as a defenseman to, to be playing, to give it your all, and then there's a goal that goes in, that the goalie probably should have stopped. Can you explain to us what that feeling is like, whether you're on the ice, on the bench, because as you know, I don't know if you've heard, uh, but Carey Price has struggled, and they're going with Jake Allen tonight, and, and people are worried that he's not going to be able to get back on track. But what's that feeling like for a player when you're just not getting the routine saves?
1: I was going to ask you if this had something to do with uh, Carey Price. I'm glad you it It that certainly does. <laughs> um, I think it's, it's a tough thing because, especially for a goalie that you have the confidence in and it's not like he's not proven. Right. And I think that that's where, um, as D like as Petrie, as Weber, as all the guys that are in front of price, like you're sitting there being like, I know he has it. He's just lost it for a little bit. And I think the tough thing for a goalie is, um, when you lose it, everybody knows that you've lost it. I think as a defenseman or as a forward, you can kind of get away with, maybe I don't have my best, but I can contribute in other ways. And, as a goalie, you can't really contribute in other ways other than stopping pucks. So mm-hmm. um, I, for me, like as a D, if I know that my goalie's just a little bit off, you just have to bear down a little bit more. And I think a lot of people talk about that with when a backup goalie goes in. Like, right. for instance, when Michael Hutchinson goes into the net, <laughs> you know that there's a little bit right. more uh, urgency and desire on the defensive side of the puck to really just, um, I guess, minimize those grade a scoring chances Mm -hmm. so i think that that's just kind of what they're gonna have to continue to do he's gonna get out of it he's been one of the best goalies in the world for so many years and i think he's got it and i i mean you also have a pretty competent 1b goalie in jake allen who showed it this year do you think um and again we're all
0: looking from the outside looking in but do you think that they can if they have to go a stretch with jake allen you know two three four games in a row do you think that locker room would be okay with that like would you be okay with that if your star goalie was sat down for a little bit
1: absolutely I think that um if you're there you want to have the best chance to win every night and I think that um I I would hope that price also sees that that he doesn't have it right now so maybe it is just working a little bit extra with the goalie coach for um a little bit more time but I have heard some people talking about it. I was listening to uh, Overdrive the other day and Leaf Lunch, and I think it was Dave Poolman was talking about, like, Price hasn't actually had, like, a good little run either. So it's like, do you give him the rest or do you give him a little bit more work, right? So I think that this is the first time in a long time Price has had that backup goalie that he could rely on. Um, so is it he's not getting enough action? Like, they had that big, long week off break. Like, there's so many different things that could be contributing factors right now that I think you just have to continue to communicate with Price to see what's best.
0: She's Erin Ambrose joining us on Saturday Sports on TSN six ninety. So if you thought the Leafs Stanley Cup question was loaded, I've got another one for you. Oh, uh, and it's 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 a it's a women's hockey question, and yep. I think there's more people uh, there's more people than we realize who would love to support women's hockey and i and i do watch and i do support and i was i was crushed when the Canadians you know stopped um but why can't why is it so hard to get uh, the best women in north america in one league like why can't we make this work like why doesn't this happen why hasn't this happened yet
1: you are correct that is a loaded question joey yeah. um <laughs> i think it's just it's a matter of time um, and I think we all, we always talk about as women's hockey players, um, the development and the success of the WNBA and how it's taken a very long time to get there. Um, and they're continuing to make adjustments and, um, they have that support from the NBA. And for us as women's hockey players, we have the support now from the NHL. Um, I was saying the other day that like we have... <laughs> three of the original six teams in Chicago, New York, and Toronto Maple Leafs on board with the PWHPA this year. And if that's not a good start, then I don't know what is, because those are three polarizing figures in in hockey. And you look at the fact that we have our first uh, secret Dream Gap Tour game today, this afternoon, um, going on, and then they're at MSG tomorrow. Um, strides are being taken. I think it's obviously been a lot harder, too, with uh, the pandemic and everything and the Olympics coming up next year. So I think we're getting there. I really do think that we've been taking steps forward. And even though we've had two steps forward and then one step back in the CWHL folding, like we still took a step forward. And I think that that's a hard thing for us as players sometimes to realize um, because we really do want to obviously play in a successful league and really make this happen. So sometimes it is a step back, but at the same time, we do have to remind ourselves that we are taking steps
0: forward. Yeah, I hope so, Aaron, because I do think there's an appetite for it. And I think it's a really, really crummy excuse that I'm about to throw your way here. But when it's easier to consume, Yep. I think you'll get the masses I really yep. do and i and I wish it for you and I hope it happens uh in the near future because I do think there's an appetite for it um I want to move on to uh the work you're doing at concordia um it's 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 great I've read up on it. can you just let us know what's going on at Concordia and what you guys are doing
1: yeah absolutely i think um first of all it it It's a little different this year, obviously, like everything in everybody's lives. But um, I've been fortunate enough now to this is what would have been my fourth season with Concordia. Um, And it has been nothing short of life changing for me, to be honest. Um, And I know that that's a big word, but I uh, was fortunate enough to get on with them after I was released from the 2018 Olympic team. Mm -hmm. And just to be able to be involved with hockey um, in a different Frame of mind i think really changed a lot of things for me and the struggles that i personally was going through um and to be able to call carolyn roulette and julie chu friends now is is something i'm very thankful for so um we've had a great team the last couple of years and um haven't gotten quite the results we wanted we won an rseq championship my first year there but um have definitely been uh like last year, we were tops in the nation for almost the entire year, and then we're upset by Montreal in the playoffs. But um, Concordia continues to make strides moving forward. We've got some pretty incredible players there, and Emi Fecto and Rosie Bejan uh, So I, I really do think that they've got a championship coming in the near future to that to that university.
0: Absolutely. Aaron, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. And hopefully uh, we can uh, have you on to break down the men's and women's game uh, quite a few times between now and the end of the season would be great.
1: I would love that. Thank you very much for
0: having me, Joey. Thank you. That's Aaron Ambrose, kind enough to join us on Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Very, very decorated career uh, Aaron Ambrose has had. We mentioned uh, the U18 uh, World Junior Championship gold medal, and she's been been, uh, all over the map. She's been really... Uh, tremendous, tremendous hockey player. And uh, as we mentioned during the, you know, during this interview, I think there are people out there that want to consume uh, more women's hockey. And I think just, you know, putting the best players in the world in one league like the NHL, I think that's how we get there. And I'm really encouraged to hear Aaron say that uh, that might be that we're a step closer uh, to that happening. It's Saturday Sports TSN 690. I'm Joey Alfieri. Terry Henry is gone. I told you that last week, sort of. How bad of a spot are CF Montreal in now? And who could they hire as Terry Henry's replacement? Mount Royal Soccer's Paul Vance will break that down for us. This is Saturday Sports on TSN 69. Having a high
2: profile coach might have been the wrong way to go about it. When you had Didier Drogba, no one was a bigger profile than Didier Drogba. And you had him as a player You know Marco DeVaio as a player, Alessandro Nesta as a player. You had Terry Henry as a coach. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people said, wow, we wish we'd sign this guy as a player instead of a coach. So I don't think you can go with the high-profile type of name that Terry Henry was. I think you've got to go with a good, solid young coach who's exciting.
0: Hey, this is Saturday Sports on TSN 690. I'm Joey Alfieri. That's the voice of Grant Needham, TSN 690 soccer analyst who joined Melnick in the afternoon. Earlier this week, Grant says, uh, yeah, you don't need a big name behind the bench or not behind the bench, but on the sidelines uh, for CF Montreal. I do, before we get to uh, Paul Vance from MountRoyalSoccer.com, I do want to talk about our Saturday sports question of the day, which has a soccer and hockey overlap, overlapping tones on it. And you can find it at Joey Alfieri on Twitter. And it is, who gets a new coaching gig first? Claude Julien, Kirk Muller or Terry Henry, and uh, right now, 54% of you believe that Terry Henry will be the next one to get a new coaching gig. Uh, So we'll break that down for you a little bit later on. Again, you can keep voting at Joey Alfieri on Twitter or at TSN690, Uh, but I do want to bring in Paul Vance. He's the managing editor from MountRoyalSoccer.com. Paul, how are you?
2: I'm great, Joey. How are you?
0: I'm doing terrific. Thank you very much. Um, This Terry Henry news, okay, the fact that he's not going to be back, yeah. Does it hurt CF Montreal more from a sporting standpoint or from a marketing standpoint?
2: Yeah, I, I think it probably hurts them in equal measure um, across both. Because, um, and I think there's probably probably couldn't have been a worse time for this to happen, given all that's going on with the rebranding, etc. So, obviously, it has an impact there. Because I think the club was was relying on such a big personality to to help them through this whole. Uh, rebranding process but also in the sporting side I I like what it was okay the results weren't there last season but I like what we were beginning to see and you could see you know things taking shape you could see a, a different style of play you could see the team playing braver football if you like like more willing to hold the ball further up the park and all this kind of stuff you know, we, we maybe weren't yet playing better football, but um, I, I think Jerry Henry is going to be missed in equal measure, both in the playing side and, and the business side, if I can call it that.
0: It's It's pure speculation on both of our parts. If we, you know, attempt to answer this next question, I'm going to ask you, Paul, but how quickly do you think he gets back on the horse?
2: Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good question too because, you know, if, if you think about the, the whole Bournemouth situation, um, I believe there's no smoke without fire and it may well be that Cherry Henry did not speak directly to AFC Bournemouth, but uh, I'm, I'm sure there were discussions and I'm sure some of Cherry's uh, people were involved. Um, I also believe uh, Kevin Gilmore, when he said, a couple of days ago that no approach was, was received by by uh, CF Montreal mm-hmm. uh, from AFC Bournemouth. But um, I, I think it's quite possible if a, an attractive job comes up between now and the end of the season. I mean, clubs, probably not the top clubs in, in the UK or in Europe will, will, will be interested in Thierry Henry, but a club around the stature of Bournemouth may well be. Uh, And if an opportunity like that comes up, uh, there's a chance. But really, my feeling now at this stage of the season in Europe, um, any appointment that that may attract Thierry Henry, it's probably going to happen over the close season. So I don't think you're going to see a move to a club between now and, say, May, end of May.
0: He's Paul Vance, he's the managing editor at mountroyalsoccer.com, dot com. Joining us on Saturday sports with Joey Alfieri on T S N six ninety. We'll be talking hockey with the Canadian press's Josh Josh Clipperton just afternoon. Um so I mean, where do you think they go next? I mean, you heard Grant on the way in. Grant was mentioning that he doesn't think they need a big name. And I don't think under normal circumstances, I don't think they do either, Paul. And I would rather have the big-name player, the Drogba, the DeVaio that Grant mentioned, than the coach. But it just seems like whenever this team was grabbing headlines, it was because of the coach. So I'm also a little bit concerned that uh, nationally here in Canada and in the States, unless they have a terrific season they're going to fly even further under the radar than they normally do.
2: Yeah, with all this push around rebranding, you you, you would think they're going to lean towards a big name again. But, you know, who who knows? Um, who knows, given the pandemic and all the rest, what, what the finances are like and things like that. So how much is in the kitty to go after a, a really big name and, and which big names are, are, are available? Obviously, you know, people will talk about the likes of Patrick Fiera, maybe Colo Turi might be a, a candidate, the assistant to Brendan Rogers at Leicester. He, he yeah. speaks French, obviously. Um, I don't know about Laurent Blanc. He's, he's out in Qatar um, and uh, hasn't been there that long, uh, but it is a bit of a footballing backwater, although probably a very, very lucrative one. Um, so maybe Frank Lampard, although Frank doesn't speak French, of course. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't, if they're looking for a big name to, to kind of support the rebranding, I would understand that. Um, is it the way to go? I'm not necessarily agreeing with that. Um, but we've got to go out and get an effective coach. We've got to go out and get somebody who's going to be good doing the job, whether he's a big name or not. Now, The one thing I've been impressed about with Olivier Renard is, is his knowledge across the game, particularly in Europe, I think. Um, around people who have maybe not yet completely established themselves uh, is, is quite impressive. And, and I think maybe some of these signings he's made recently, the jury's still out because the names are not familiar. But um, Olivier's knowledge across Europe is, is something that instills confidence. So if he says he's got a few names on his list, I'd love to know what those names uh, or who those names yeah. uh, are, but um, potentially we can get a, a smaller name if you like, who who is is just or even more effective.
0: Would you do you think in your mind would it be better just given where we are uh, in terms of you know the training camp opens on Monday? Would you favor a coach who has MLS experience and knows the league because that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. That's why I don't. I I would love the Patrick Vieira hire just because he does have those years and success with New York City. But I would lean more towards somebody who, yes, is gonna be here for two, three, four years at the very least, but somebody who understands the league because there is that learning curve that is difficult to, you know, it's difficult to pick up on.
2: Yeah, you, you know what? We're, we're crying out for stability. I mean, it's it's become absolutely tiring. The, the number of uh, uh, of coach changes we've we've had at, at the impact, and and actually maybe maybe if I can, I'll I'll, I'll declare it officially tiring <laughs> these days. But um, it would be lovely to see some stability obviously and, and the club badly needs it. The the lucky thing I think at the moment is Olivier Renard has now become the most important man at the club because he ensures the continuity that maybe we didn't have before. Um so, you know, he, he's obviously gonna go out and look for a coach that um he's gonna go out and look for a coach that can carry on the philosophy um that he has and that Thierry Henry was 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 implementing. Um but I kind of agree with you. It would be nice. I mean the perfect scenario is somebody who's experienced and somebody who's got MLS um experience behind them. So probably for me um the most attractive option out there is probably Patrick Vieira and and, and let's face it, he took New York City FC to two second place finishes in the Eastern Conference, which is which is no mean mean feat. Um but at the same time I would say it's not absolutely necessary because there's a whole um, there's a whole group of coaches there who, who can help the new man coming in, um, who, who do have ample MLS uh, experience.
0: Yeah. How likely do you think it is and how would you feel if at the end of this cur- coaching search they said, uh, Wilford Nancy's our guy, he's the one we're going to roll with, he's the one we're committing to?
2: Um, I, I, I don't know. I think I think we'd all have to. We, I think a lot of us don't really know enough about Wilfred, to be honest, and that's probably because he hasn't been a number one anywhere. And the other question, maybe that I've been asked about Wilfred is, does he want to be the number one? Um, you, you get a lot of guys out there, and, and I'm not saying that this is the case, but you do get it with with Wilfred. But you get a lot of guys out there who uh, prefer to be a number two. Um, and and I I don't know I kind of get that impression from Wilfred although that could be wrong I I certainly don't know him personally I've never had a chat with him um, but if that's the direction that the club decides to go in go in uh, we, we've all got to jump on board and and support it I I, I I've got to be completely transparent and say I'm not quite sure how that would go
0: <laughs> Yeah you would be both but it's just it's it's interesting right so camp starts on Monday. And usually, Paul, I I have an idea of, you know, where the team is going to finish in the table and whether or not they have a legit chance of making the plot. But now there's just there's so many new pieces, so many guys I've never seen play and so many youngsters that this team could finish like anywhere on the table. It's crazy. I, I have no idea what to expect from this club this year.
2: Joe, I, I, I agree with you. It's it's like an absolute crapshoot if I can if I can say that. Um there, there's just so many players we don't know. To be fair to Olivier Renard, when I asked the question at a fairly recent um video conference, he he said the players coming in, he understands why the press um are sceptical because there's not a lot of names there. Mm-hmm. Um but that he he was more confident than maybe what the media uh, are and you know what, okay, we've we got to accept that at, at face value, but of course the acid test, the proof is in the pudding, if you like the eating of the pudding. So yeah. um, we got to wait and see. The jury is very, very much out. Um, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see so many new signings, and it's it's kind of engaged me, of course, as it will many other people. But the other aspect of this is there's so many new men and, and so many people have left. Um, it's going to take, some blending before this this group are are up and running at at anywhere near 100%. So, Mm. I mean, I'm expecting a pretty slow start to the season, especially if we're not going to have home games.
0: Mm. I'm with you. Thanks for doing this, Paul. Really appreciate it, man, and uh, we really appreciate the insight. And uh, hopefully we can do this again really soon.
2: Not a problem. It's been a pleasure, Joey. Enjoy the rest of your show.
0: Thank you very much. That's Paul Vance. He's the managing editor for MountRoyalSoccer.com. And it's an interesting debate. Uh, Because I think the best candidate, like Paul mentioned, the best candidate in my mind is Patrick Vieira. Now, is he willing to come here? Is he willing to go from New York City uh, to Montreal? uh, After, you know, I, I don't know that Thierry Henry had the greatest experience here, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. But if Patrick Vieira has a conversation with Thierry Henry, do you think Thierry Henry would recommend Montreal? to him. I I don't know. But I think just given the fact that he's had success in MLS, he went over to Nice in Europe and it it hasn't gone uh, as well. But I do think that he would be the most intriguing candidate in my mind. There are bigger names, uh, there are lesser known names. uh, But that's the one if he if he'd be willing to come here. That's the one that I would keep my eye on. But at the same time, you're looking at another manager who clearly The end goal is to get back to Europe. He's proven that before, and I think that's probably still the goal. So if he's willing to come back to MLS, how long is he willing to be here? And is he another one and done if Montreal has success? Now, the other thing is New York City and CF Montreal, uh, very different budgets. And they did have some good players out at NYC when uh, Patrick Vieira had the success he did there, so. I don't know. Is he willing to take on this challenge of grooming some young players and 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 taking time and being patient with the results? I don't know, but that's definitely he'd be the guy uh, at the top of my list anyway. So we'll see where CF Montreal go. Training camp opens on Monday uh, for the squad, and they'll start it off at uh, Marie Victorin in uh, Montreal's East End. And they haven't really announced what's going to happen after that. I'd imagine that they're going to go somewhere warm, probably Florida, uh, but that's not confirmed yet. Guess what? We're bringing back a popular feature Jimmy G is here Jimmy you're here I am here here we go Jimmy's here for a few more minutes and we're gonna try to stump the G get your trivia questions in for Jimmy G at 11 690 give me the answer give me your name I'm gonna do the research during the break and we're gonna ask Jimmy G three trivia questions before he takes off and is replaced by Matthew O'Han and we'll try to stump the G on TSN 690. Hey, this is Saturday Sports on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri with you. Till one o'clock, Jimmy G's going to be with us till uh, right a little bit before noon. Uh, Matthew O'Han is going to come in for him. So I want to take the opportunity to uh, say thank you to Jimmy for uh, doing a very bang up job. I'm uh, sad to see you go, James, but that's okay. Uh, We'll uh, you and I will surely be working together again uh, fairly soon. I want to just give an update before we get there uh, to the uh, stump the G questions that are coming in fast and furious at eleven six ninety. I do want to update our poll results. The question you can find it on Twitter at Joey Alfieri. Uh, it is which of these coaches will get a new gig first, not necessarily a head coaching gig, uh, so uh, just a new gig. Uh, Claude Julien, Kirk Muller, Terry Henry, and we just heard Paul Vance from Mount Royal Soccer tell us that he doesn't think that Terry Henry is going to take a job before May anyway uh, during the offseason. But Terry Henry currently leading at 54%. Kirk Muller, 24%, Claude Julien at 22% and we'll break down uh, this poll. I'll tell you where I fall on this poll question a little bit later on, but I do want to get to our Stump the G questions. Jimmy, they're coming in. I want you to close the text message board. It is closed. My computers are both closed. I've got three questions for you. We've got a baseball question, we've got a football question, and we've got a hockey question, of course. Let's go. So we're going to try to stump you two out of three times and win. Okay, Uh, the first question, I think I don't know if we've done this one before, but this is coming in from John and Cote St. Luke. John and Cote St. Luke says uh, stump the G who was the only pitcher to win World Series MVP in the 1970s. So between 70 and 79
3: okay 1971 it was not it was Clemente 72 70 uh, Raleigh fingers in 74.
0: Raleigh fingers Jimmy G is on the board in 1974 go. uh with Oakland the A's beat the Dodgers and he had two saves and four appearances Raleigh fingers the only pitcher to win World Series MVP that was an easy in one. the 1970s. Okay, yeah, you don't have to show off. Uh, do you want the, you know what, I, I don't think you're going to get the hockey question, so I'm going to go with the hockey question and we'll make it dramatic, the football one at the end. Let's go. Which player scored two game-winning goals in Stanley Cup-clinching games for Montreal in the 1970s? Uh, Guy Lafleur, uh, let's see, Larry Robinson,
3: Jacques Lemaire. Jacques Lemaire you scored have, one.
0: You have, you have one guess, eh? Oh, let's see, 71, so 73, 76,
3: 77, 78, 79. I'm gonna say Jacques Lemaire. Jimmy G, two for two. I knew I know he had one against Philadelphia, so I'm figuring he had another one in the other no, four.
0: No, he had he had one in 77 against Boston and yes, then 79 the against the audience. Rangers. Absolutely. And I got it right. You got it right. So it is now it's just a question of whether or not we're gonna you're gonna have the clean sweep. Uh that one was from Ken in D D O. Uh so Ken, nice try. You didn't get Jimmy at eleven six ninety. Uh we've got a football one. This one is from uh this is Todd in Westmount. Okay, Todd in Westmount at eleven six ninety wants to know who the first non quarterback to be named Super Bowl MVP was. Okay, let's see. 66
3: 67 was Bart Starr, sixty eight yep. was Joe Namath, of course, sixty nine mm-hmm. was Len Dawson. Oh yep. yes,
0: it was uh, the losing uh Chuck Howley in Dallas. Uh, Chuck Howley, Dallas. Jimmy G, three for three. Uh, that was uh, That's right, Super Bowl five, Cowboys lose 16-13 to who, Jimmy?
3: To Baltimore. And there's a famous clip at the end of the game where Chuck Howley, who was the MVP, Dallas played great on defense, but their offense <laughs> turned it over eight times. Count it. One, two, three, four, five, six, oh seven, eight. He took the helmet and he threw it like 5,000
0: yards because he was pissed you- off. You are an encyclopedia I of is. sports knowledge. You are three for three in the stump the G. Sorry to everyone who tried at 11-6. Tried is the key word. Tried. You did not stump Jimmy G. Jimmy, have a great uh, rest of your Saturday. Dude, we'll you talk well, soon. Matthew O'Han will be tagging in for Jimmy uh, in the next couple of minutes. Can the Canadian season be salvaged? If Jake Allen wins in dominant fashion tonight, Can the Habs go back to him on Tuesday night? Canadian Press National Hockey writer Josh Clipperton will weigh in. This is Saturday Sports with Joey Alfieri on TSN 690.